Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Welcome to Memorial Day weekend. It is certainly good to see you, and I'm thankful that you're here. Whatever you may be doing for Memorial Day, I do hope it includes a little bit of time to contemplate and to consider and to give thanks for the women and men who gave their lives while serving in the U.S. military. Memorial Day actually originated in the years following the Civil War as a way for the nation to come together and heal, but it was not made a federal holiday until 1971. Unofficially, I think most of us know that Memorial Day weekend ushers in the summer season. So here we are, summer begins, it's Memorial Day, and I'm very thankful that you've chosen to be at Valley Point Church this morning. Before we dive into our content, I think it would be very appropriate for us just to take a few moments of silence in honor of those who have given their lives for our freedom. So will you join me? Father, on this day, we give thanks to you for the incredible sacrifice of the valorous women and men who have gone before us and given their lives so that we can enjoy the freedom that we have today. God, just to gather in this room and worship you and respond to your greatness to lift up your name as we have done. What an incredible gift. God, I think sometimes we forget about that and how many have sacrificed. Many families have given of their loved ones so we could be doing this. And so we give thanks to you for all who have sacrificed. And God, I pray for our nation and its leaders at the national level, the state levels, the local levels, that you would give great insight and clarity to those leaders as they make choices and govern. And help us to continually pray for those who lead us. God, I thank you now for this time. We're going to look at a unique passage in the New Testament that speaks of generosity, and I pray that you'd help our hearts to be awakened and our minds to be alert to what it is that you want to whisper into our lives today. And God, as we hear this, I pray it would fall on us in such a way that we would be ready to act, that we would be ready to do something with what you give to us. Again, we thank you for this day, and God, for everybody that's here Bless them for those watching online. Help us to really engage with you now, we do pray in Jesus' name, amen. So I had a dream last night that I lost all of my teaching notes for today. 
And this is the truth. I lost my notes, and in my dream, I got up at this particular point in the gathering and said, I don't have my notes, I don't have anything to share, so have a great day. And I dismissed. Now, I know some of you, and I know what you're thinking, like that would be a really good Sunday, right, if I actually did that. Well, that's a nightmare for a pastor to have that kind of a dream. I can assure you when I actually did wake up, I found my notes right away. So you've got to stick with me for a few minutes, okay? And I'm grateful for that. We begin a new theme today called Theology of Generosity. Today, June 2nd and June 9th, we're going to walk through this together. And theology is kind of a frightening, churchy, religious-y kind of word that can be intimidating, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's actually a beautiful word. And here's a working definition of theology. It's the ordered, systematic study of God and of God's relations to his creatures. That's theology, which is a good thing for all of us to consider. The ordered, systematic study of God and how God interacts with what he has created. Theology is the field of study relating to God. And every Sunday, we really take time to think about God and who is he and what does he have to say to us and how can we use this ancient text, which can often be troubling and perplexing and difficult to understand, how can we use that in our lives today? This is all theology, the study of God. One of the attributes of God, which is an aspect of theology, is that God is incredibly generous. (laughs) When we think about God, and when you walk through the pages of Scripture over and over and over again, you find God being very generous. As a matter of fact, Scripture tells us that God loved the world so much that he gave, he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him will have a forever friendship with God the Father. Our God is a very generous God. So it just makes good sense to me that adherents or followers of God would be generous as well. That's an attribute of God. God is generous, so those who follow him should act like him in imperfect ways, but yet they should also be generous. One of the things I absolutely love about Valley Point Church, and I know I often say, you know, I love this about Valley Point, and I love this, and I love this thing over here, and I love so much of what happens within our faith community here. All of you are really incredible, and God is doing some unique things here. He really is. One of the things I do love, though, is that Valley Point is a generous church. There's so much generosity that takes place here. This is often what I share with people when they talk to me and ask, describe Valley Point. I'm thinking about coming at some point maybe and just tell me a little bit about this church. And often the very first thing that I will run to is a description of how incredibly generous the church is and how God is using that to do something unique and special in the communities around us. So I think you can describe it this way. And I have pictures because I think this is the best way to describe it. So here are some generous people 
the coffee team. Yay! Can we thank them? <laughs> These are really incredibly generous people. There's a whole big coffee team, and they come early in the morning, especially those that come before 8.30 to have cold coffee and hot coffee and tea and whatever else they build over there. They have all of that ready, and I find that to be a wonderful thing because it helps everybody survive their morning when they have that liquid in them. So these are really generous people. How about this picture? Oh, this, this is our Kid Point and Little K area downstairs. Very generous people who check in our kids and they're not just taking care of them so we can be up here. They're serving our kids and sharing truth with them as well and interacting with them and building relationships. These are wonderful servants and I'm thankful for them. Their hard work makes it possible for us to enjoy this environment. So can we thank these volunteers as well? Okay, one more picture. The parking team. I love the parking team. You remember Mother's Day a couple of weeks ago? I think we lost some attenders in the parking lot, actually, on that day. It was so windy and cold. It looked like a scene from Mary Poppins. A lot of umbrellas, you know, just just leaving the premises. But our parking team, they were out there in their rain gear, helping people in and out of their cars and into the building. And they are yet another example of people being very generous. And I could go on and on and on like this for a long time because as I look into the room, I see generous people who are giving of their time and their skills and their abilities in very meaningful ways so that the work of the church can go forward. We could talk about this for a long time. Beyond how people give of themselves, the financial generosity on display here continues to be an energizing story of people trusting in God. It's just beautiful. Generosity is kind of a popular word right now. A lot of people want to be generous and a lot of organizations are striving for this as well. A couple of weeks ago, I googled the word generosity and in 0.38 seconds, there were 294 million results from definitions of generosity to the purpose of it to how you can actually become generous. Here at Valley Point, we say that generosity is the lifeblood of our organization. And that's very true. And and here's what I mean by that. If people are not generous with their time and their abilities... Valley Point doesn't function as it does. It's just not possible. And if people are not generous with their finances and what they have in terms of what they give to God's work here, then Valley Point isn't able to function as it does. So generosity is the lifeblood of what happens here. And I don't just say that because it's a trendy or popular thing to say or do as an organization. I say that because it's true here in imperfect ways, but it's true. And again, as we think about theology and the study of God, God is generous 
And so those who follow him should be generous as well. And that is happening here. And that's why generosity is one of our core values. We have four values here that drive us as a church. Truth, people, generosity, and location. We love our location. These are our values. Truth, people, generosity, which is our word for the next few weeks, and then location. We language the value of generosity this way. We will intentionally use our time and resources to meet needs in our community and around the world. That's how we say it. And again, we don't always get this right, but it is what we are seeking to do. So if you are new or newer to Valley Point, no, we are working hard to intentionally use our time and resources to meet needs right here in the communities around our location, but also around the world. This three-week theme is about exploring this a bit and sharing a theology of generosity, which includes three statements. So we're going to look at one statement per week, okay? Before I share that very first statement with you, I want to share this. John Cortines and Gregory Balmer wrote a book in 2016 called God and Money, How We Discovered True Riches at Harvard Business School. So John and Gregory, both MBA graduates of Harvard, met each other in a Bible study during their time there. And the Bible study was on wealth, it was on money, and what does God want for us with what he gives to us in terms of our wealth. And so they wrote a book, it offers great research, there are some interesting case studies in the book, as well as some practical application for God and money. Well, they started all their research with this statement, God loves us, he wants the best for us. And he knows that we thrive when we give ourselves away. Now, think about that for just a moment. Does anybody want to thrive? Like with what's happening in your life, in your work world, in your school, in your family? Do you want to thrive? Well, according to their research, God wants the best for us, and he knows that we thrive when we give ourselves away. Thus, he, God, calls us to be givers, radical, all-in givers. Now, when I read that, I wasn't shocked by that. That kind of makes good sense, of course. God loves us, he wants the best for us, so we need to give ourselves away. Not new information, and you probably feel the same way. But here's where it began to poke me a little bit. I don't always do that. (laughs) I don't always live that way. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we know what we're supposed to do, but we don't always do it, even though we know it's good and healthy for us. And I think that's true of this statement. God loves us. He wants the best for us. And he knows that we thrive when we give ourselves away Thus, he calls us to be givers, radical, all-in givers. I think there may be something that keeps me from living that way. And see if this is true of you as well. 
What keeps me from living that way? And from sometimes moving away from being that all-in radical giver is I view myself as the owner. It's my time. It's my talent. After all, I've worked at it and developed it. These are my abilities, and this is my wealth. This is what I have done, so that makes me the owner. And when we view ourselves as the owner, here's what happens. We don't hold what God has given to us with open hands. We tend to close it, and we pull it close because we fear we may lose And there may not be enough for me. And so I've got to hold all this really, really tight. I can't hold it with open hands because I might run out at some point. And when we don't hold things with open hands, we are viewing ourselves as the owner. And I believe that can keep us from being the kind of generous individuals that God really wants us to be. The kind of individual that makes a significant and lasting difference in the world around them. Now, that brings us to our statement and our big idea for today. So please take out your talk notes, find a pen, and let's walk through this. Here's our big idea. Because God owns everything. So I'm not really the owner, it's God. He owns everything. And because God owns everything, I can hold what he has given to me with open hands and share generously. So instead of, tight fists and pulling everything in because we're fearful there may not be enough. Instead of living with that scarcity mentality, we live with an abundance mindset because God owns it all anyway. So because he owns it, I can hold it with open hands and be ready to share generously. That brings us to our scripture reading for today. If you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians is a New Testament book. It's after 1 Corinthians and before the book of Galatians. So if you are flipping through and find 1 Corinthians, you're almost there. Keep turning to the right a little bit. Eventually, you'll bump into 2 Corinthians and then chapter 8. Here's what we need to know about this particular book. It was written by the Apostle Paul approximately in 56 AD, so that would make these very ancient words that we're investigating today, but they have so much to say to us about generosity. And here's the purpose of the book. By the way, I hope in your time frame here at Valley Point, and I try to speak into this quite a bit, you understand and know that every book in the Bible, every single book, doesn't matter where it is or what it speaks to. Every single book has a purpose. It has a theme. It presents an argument. And it is vitally important to understand the purpose of that particular book because every word, every story, every event that is found within that book will somehow speak to the purpose. And so it's really important to know that here's the purpose of 2 Corinthians. It is to spur the Corinthians to obedience and renewed commitment to God. The Corinthians, a group of people living in the region of Corinth, a real city. And the Apostle Paul writes to them because he has some things to say. 
We're dropping into chapter 8, and I'll read some verses in just a moment, but let me give you some context on chapter 8. In the ancient world, speakers and writers would often appeal to positive models for imitation. That's what they would do. So if they were writing something or speaking to a crowd, they would often say, you know what, that group over there, that's a positive model of whatever it may be, and I want you to look to them. I want you to imitate them because they're doing a great job. So just do that stuff over there. Well, this is exactly what we see happening in chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians. The apostle Paul is talking to the Corinthian believers and trying to spur them on in their obedience. And he points to another group, the Macedonians. So another region, another area. And they were doing some really good things related to generosity. Wouldn't you know it? So the Apostle Paul begins to point to the Macedonian believers as a way to spur on the Corinthian believers, and it sounds like this. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. These are the words of the Lord. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, And get this, they're very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. (laughs) That doesn't even make sense, but yeah, that's what's happening. Verse three, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And guess, guess what? They did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving Now, get this, since you excel in so many ways, so the Corinthians had some things going for them, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul, using the Macedonian believers as a way to inspire the Corinthian believers, here are some thinking points that I believe we can pull right out of the text. There are four of them. Number one, there can be joy in generosity. There can be. And there should be. And some of you are nodding your heads because you get it, you understand When you have been generous in the past, you know that there is joy that is attached to giving things away. I would say that if you sense joy is missing in your life for whatever reason, I would encourage you to do this. Check your generosity levels. Your time, your resources, your abilities, just check that. It may not be why joy is missing. There's certainly a lot of things that can steal joy in our lives, but I think it's worth 
investigating our generosity levels if we feel that joy is absent in any way. Because what we find here in 2 Corinthians is that these Macedonians, they didn't have much at all. When you research and study the Macedonian believers, they were really poor, and that's what it says in the text. But yet, they were filled with joy, which helps us to know there can be joy in in doing this, in holding what we have with open hands. When we give, joy can be and should be attached to that. Number two, the privilege of generosity outweighs the risk in God's economy. (laughs) Now, that might not always work in our economy. That's why we tend to pull everything close. But the privilege of generosity outweighs the risk in God's economy. And this is where steps of faith begin to help us live out God's best. And that can be a frightening thing, but it also can be a thrill. So if you're looking to shake things up a little bit and get very close to God, generosity, I believe, is the path. And it is a privilege. The privilege of that outweighs the risk. It really does. Number three, excelling at generosity is a worthy pursuit. And here's why. I want to go back to this quote from Cortines and Bomber. Here's why excelling, getting good at generosity, because that's what the Apostle Paul is lifting up. Like, boy, they're really good at this. And you Corinthians, you're good at a few things over here, but I want to point to them as an example, and you can excel at this gift of generosity as well. So it's a worthy pursuit. Why? Because God loves us. (laughs) He loves us and has given so much for us, and he knows that we thrive. We thrive. Let's not forget that. Let that roll around in your mind on this Memorial Day weekend. We thrive when we give ourselves away in God's economy. Okay, number four, the generous grace of Jesus sets the pace for our generosity levels. Think about that. And I believe we have to keep coming back to this. The generous grace of Jesus, that sets the pace for our generosity levels. Like we should keep coming back to that. Jesus, very generous. And so let's allow that to drive us and and to do this, to hold things with open hands. Verse nine, I haven't read this to you yet, but just let these words fall on you. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, Yet for our sakes, he became poor, so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. That's the generous grace of Jesus, and let's allow that to drive our generosity levels. Keep going back to Jesus. He was rich, but yet he became poor so that we could enter into a forever friendship with God by trusting in the saving work of Jesus alone. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, these verses that we've read, and these thinking points, 
help us to know, back to the big idea, because God owns everything, I can hold what he has given to me with open hands and generously share. I hope this is making sense. Let me give you some takeaways to bring this home now. Three of them. Number one, I would encourage you to search the scriptures for what God has to say about money. Like this is an assignment for the whole church, okay? You just begin to read and what does God actually say about money and finance and management? You may be shocked to know that God says quite a bit about these subjects. He actually says more about money than a lot of other spiritual topics, which makes this a very spiritual thing to discuss. I know it can be hard and difficult, but yet God has quite a bit to say about this. And so I would encourage you, just dive into the scriptures and begin to search and find something that challenges you. And we're gonna come back to that throughout our theme. If you're looking for help with that, The book that I mentioned earlier also has a website, godandmoney.net, and they have compiled over 2,300 verses that talk about God and money, business, finance, management, stewardship, all of these things. So if you need help with finding a verse that captivates you in relationship to God and money, check that out, and I think you'll find it to be a help. So search the scriptures. Find out what God says about this because he's not silent about how we need to hold everything with open hands because God owns it all. Okay, number two, ask God to give you a generosity moment this week. Which that's a scary thing to ask for sometimes. (laughs) But I would encourage everybody, give it a shot. Say, okay, God, you own it all. I get it. Sometimes I do this, but I want to hold everything with open hands. And so God, give me a generosity moment this week and just see what God potentially does and how he touches you to use some of your time or your abilities or even your wealth to solve a need and help people see Jesus. I think God will meet you in that moment. Now, if you're looking for some practical suggestions in your program, there is a flyer, so go ahead and take that out right now. On one side of the flyer, you will read about our upcoming Vacation Bible School. It's a fantastic way for you to have a generosity moment and give of your time or your ability to serve our communities during that particular week. On the other side of that flyer, you will notice that we are serving the Garnet Valley Middle School staff a lunch. This is our 10th straight year doing that. And we love feeding the staff at the middle school. We do. If you remember, we met in the middle school for 12 years. And so 10 of those years, we said, you know what? We need to encourage them and we need to serve them because we disturb their space a little bit. So let's just be generous and let's bring in a hot meal for them. And they absolutely love it. Even when we moved back here, we thought it would be wise to continue that tradition. This is a way for you to have a generosity moment. And we need food. We need people to serve. And you can read all about it on that flyer. Maybe God will touch your heart and say, you know what? I can do that. And that's your generosity moment. So just pray. Open yourself up. Hold those hands out and say, okay, God, you own it all. (laughs) You own it all. 
So give me a generosity moment, and those are some practical ways you can do that. Finally, number three, your generosity can make a significant and lasting difference right here at Valley Point Church. It really can. So pray and ask God to help you fall in love with the act of giving and be like the Macedonians who understood the privilege of sharing. As generous as Valley Point Church is, and again, so much generosity here, it's a part of our story and our journey. As generous as we are as a church, I think there's room for improvement. And so we want to keep leaning into that. We want to keep pursuing this because God owns everything. He owns it all. And because God owns it all, we don't have to do this. We can let this be the posture of our hands when it comes to our time and abilities and our wealth. God owns it all. So let me hold it with open hands and share generously. Father, we are so thankful for these words found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. What a fantastic challenge that the Apostle Paul gave to the Corinthian believers. And he pointed to another group, and they were doing a really good job. Even though they were poor, and even though they didn't have much, they were still sharing, and boy, you use that not only bless those they were sharing with, but you spurred on the Corinthian believers to do much of the same. God, would you help us to be that kind of faith community? And even when times are challenging, even when we fear, God, especially when we fear, Help us just to open up our hands and say, okay, God, you own it all. And I want to be generous like you. This doesn't make a lot of sense. Meet me here. Meet me here. God, I believe if we act like that as a church, that you will use us to be a bright light in the communities around us and around the world. God, I confess to you that I often fear generosity. I do. And instead of holding my hands in an open kind of way, understanding that you own everything, I pull stuff tight to me because I fear there may not be enough. And I confess that to you. God, would you help me to fully understand that you own it all? And often you call your people into dangerous activities that cause us to get really generous for the sake of sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus with more. So help me to be willing to do that. And God, I pray that for our church. Help us not to fear generosity because it's a reflection of you and what a beautiful thing it is to reflect God the Father. Keeping in mind the example of Jesus 
allow that to inspire us. So God, help us, encourage us as we seek to hold what you have given to us with open hands. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.